got everything on now. All right. Mark chapter 12. When I give it all I got, <clears throat> there are certain keys in the music language I have trouble with. And that last one, I just had a terrible time with. And uh, I pushed with my diaphragm, and I'm ready to pass out before we got done with that song. So, uh, kind of funny, I think. More times I count. Miss Rachel, I was ready to start running on that first song, just so you know. You were, uh, she's looking at me funny. I'm used to her. She comes in on Sunday morning. Let me go ahead and tell. For those of you that aren't in here on Sunday morning, she comes in and her heart rate is through the moon when she comes running in. I'm not sure if it's because RJ makes her mad every week or what the deal is, but she comes in the door, her heart rate's up, and when she sits down, when she sits at the piano on Sunday morning, after all of Sunday school, she sits down at the piano and we're like ready to scream running. And uh, our beats per minute just jump like 25 beats per minute when she does that. And so that song, I'm not used to think she came into it like like we were three hours into church or something. And it was she was well relaxed. And uh, I was like, man, I gotta fire her up or something because she uh, she was uh, her beats per minute weren't quite there, and I'm ready to go. And she's in, so uh, she uh, gave me a funny look there. So. We took off. Anyhow, that's all. Side note, that was freebie for you, picking on poor Miss Rachel. She'll give me a hard time later. <clears throat> well, have you ever read the headline, I want the last check I write to bounce? Man, I stirred the crowd quick with that statement, just that alone. The last check I write to bounce. And uh, I have to admit, the first thought that you have is here is somebody who doesn't know how to manage their money. That's the first thought you have when you, you hear that. Spends every dime they have. Don't realize there's more to life than spending and getting. And, and uh, so when I read about this man who said, not only was I wrong, but uh, I was kind of uh, ashamed of, of it. And his name <coughs> is Charles Make sure I get it right. Feeney. And he is, or at least he used to be, a billionaire. He, uh, he made his fortune in the in duty-free shopping industry. He made a decision in 1984, which he, he kept a, a secret, and he, he formed a private foundation called Atlantic Philanthropies. And uh, for 15 years, he ran it uh, anonymously, even though it was one of the largest sources of charitable grants in the United States, Ireland, South Africa, Vietnam, and he secretly turned over their duty-free business to this foundation and continued to invest while giving money away in uh, direct medical care, education, criminal justice, advocacy, as well as peace-building initiatives. Atlanta Philanthropies, will close its doors sometime uh, in the next little bit, actually, is what they've said. They, they estimated it by 2020. I believe at the very beginning they got crushed. Uh, having given away $8 billion. That's an amazing amount of money. And uh, you would be, uh, and would be by far the largest such organization to have voluntarily shut itself down. Mr. Feeney, understands that personal prosperity is for the purpose of purposeful generosity, giving it away. 
I thought about, Brittany would hang me if I did this to her again, but I like when we talk about giving. If you want more happy than your heart can hold, the Gaither Vocal Band would say, give it away. And they sing that song. I always think it's funny to watch folks listen to that song because you can't help but put your hands together and put a smile on your face. And uh, But it's true. Uh, it's true. And so we've been calling uh, the series that we've been walking through. It's been called Mirror Images. And, and uh, it's a series on character. Imagine that you had a mirror you could look in to show you not what you look like on the outside, where your hair stands and all of that kind of stuff, uh, but uh, what you would look like on the inside. Imagine if you walk by that mirror. Now, some of us, that might scare us. I, uh, I go, ooh, I don't like to see the mirror that I see. I don't know that I want to see the mirror that sees the character on the inside. That, that character might be a little more difficult to look at, might be a, little more con- a lot more convicting. We can certainly put it there. But uh, as you uh, walk, with, what would you see in your heart? What kind of character would we have? Uh, but today we're going to talk about one of those traits that probably come hardest to most of us. Uh, more, more difficult, but it's one of the evidences that our character is what it ought to be, and that is in the area of generosity, the area of generosity. Now, uh, this thought uh, hit me as I was thinking about uh, generosity, and uh, all of our years, I've never met a selfish, greedy person with high character. I, found that, I find that amazing. I, I thought of someone uh, that I know well and, and can't reveal their identity because uh, you go, it might be harmful, but I, I know someone who hoards, who's selfish, who's greedy, who has tons of money. And frankly, in many ways, he's, he's miserable, and he makes uh, most of those around him miserable. And, uh, and I don't believe that, that he could even spell generosity in a lot of, a lot of those uh, in the definitions. But portraying the same three traits we've seen in every person. I've never met someone who's selfish, a greedy person, insecure, worries about their wealth, their money all of the time, insensitive to the needs of others, never occurs to them uh, how much of, of a blessing they could be at a time of need, at a time of need. Oh, man, I'm going to miss it. CJ got to praising the Lord this morning while we were singing, and, and uh, the little guy, uh, he let us know that he was here today. But uh, as we continue, I, I better get back to the message here, but today we're going to look at a story about Jesus and, and that's so remarkable. First of all, because it made it even into the Gospels. Let's start with that. It even makes it into the Gospel. Also because it didn't involve a miracle. So often we look at all of those things that are in the Gospels and you look at it and you go, a miracle? Ah, yeah, that makes sense that it's in the Gospels. But this isn't even a miracle. And, and the, the story is so phenomenal because of what Jesus saw and what Jesus said. What Jesus said was, was remarkable because Jesus, what he saw was, was refreshing. He saw an example of generosity that uh, anyone has ever wa- witnessed. A generous person is the epitome of what generosity is all about. So Mark chapter number 12, and I want you to put yourself in the story because uh, what is a, a true about this person in Jesus is true about you and I, or ought to be true about you and I. And it, uh, is it uh, true, or it's true about what you have, what you, what you think you have, and what, uh, what you do have. So as we talk about those things, so Mark chapter number 12, Jesus saw something no one else saw, though everyone else seeing the same thing that he saw. Isn't that kind of funny? We can drive down the road and we see different things, don't we? I mean, husbands and wives do it all the time, don't we? 
I'm not going to go on to the many illustrations of how that happens. One of us would get in trouble before we were done. And, uh, but we can, uh, we can walk through and, and say, wait a second, we see so many things that's, that's so, so different. It's amazing that this story even makes it into the Word of God. Jesus sees things, you, uh, things that, that nobody else sees, and he sees them in ways that nobody else thinks about. Nobody else thinks about it. It's, it's amazing that, that uh, as we look and we see. So uh, I want us to put ourselves in, in the story, in, in there. And Jesus anticipates when we give. I want you to notice down there in Mark chapter 12 and beginning in verse number 41. It says, Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and how many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which made a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they that did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Let's pray together. Father God, we're thankful for the privilege of reading your word. And Lord, we thank you for, for this, this portion of scripture. And Lord, I ask that you would help us that as we, uh, we discuss the character trait of, of generosity, uh, we look at this lady and Lord, we see what a tremendous example for our lives. And Lord, I ask that you would help us and, and, uh, to, uh, to not only to, to see her, but then Father, to allow that generosity to overflow in us that uh, as we give to others. And uh, Father, we, we thank you, and I ask that you would speak in our hearts today as only you can do in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus must have been really bored that day, nothing else to do to, but to sit and watch people. I like that. That was right down my category. I love to watch people. And uh, Hannah's left. I was going to pick on Hannah a little bit, but she left with little kids because Hannah and I like to watch people. There was a day not too long ago we went and we were sitting in Cabela's. And we had a contest sitting there. If you go to Cabela's, you know that the folks are there because they like to hunt and fish. In all reality, either that or they like to dress in camouflage, one or the other. Uh, those three things, that's, how, that's why people go to Cabela's. And it was really kind of funny because we're sitting there. And we got joking about this would not be the store that you want to rob. Probably not the store you want to rob. Because if you come in this store, there are an awful lot of people that are probably carrying a firearm. A lot of them carrying a firearm. And we're sitting there. They got couches there in the entryway. And we're sitting there. And so between the two of us, we're watching people. Because I like to watch people. That's I, If you take me to the mall, my favorite part of going to the mall is to sit down. Let the ladies go in the store and let me sit down. Because I want to watch the people go by. Right now it's kind of boring because they thinned out the crowd too much. But uh, when, you, uh, when you got the crowd walking by. So, so Hannah and I uh, are sitting there. We're watching people. And we made it a game. Guessing between the two of us to see if we were united or not. On the person who walks in, and you'd watch somebody come in that gate, come in that front door, and the question would be, are they carrying a firearm or not? How many people do you think are carrying a firearm? And it was really kind of funny because you sit there and we'd go, yes, no, yes, no, yes. And it's really kind of funny because we're giggling about it, having a good time, and the gentleman who was sitting at the couch beside us asks, what are you two doing? And we said, well, we're playing a little game between us. And we told him exactly what we were doing. And he goes, I want in on the game. 
So now you have the three of us, you know, somebody coming in. You talk about making somebody feel awkward. Everybody's looking at you when you come in the door, looking to see. People watching. Because you know what? It really gets kind of fun. I can tell you stories of people watching on and on and on. But that was a lot of fun that evening. And, and I remember I, we really needed to go up and we needed that person that was standing at the door to go to give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If they would have confirmed it for us, we would have been all, all, it had been all over. We so much fun watching people. I can just think, but wait a minute, Jesus, people watching? Really? What kind of slow day is this? What kind of slow miracle? Uh, the other side was, is what kind of slow miracle day is this going to be? I mean, everything else we read, you go, hmm, isn't that interesting? But no, that's not, not, the, not at all. But we do read that he, uh, he's there. He's the opposite place where the offerings are. He's, he's there, uh, sat over against the treasury. He beholds the people and, and, uh, as they cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich, they did what? They cast a bunch. They put a lot in there. Matter of fact, uh, you, uh, uh, it's really kind of interesting that uh, as you look and you say, wait a second, those folks that are they're giving, Jesus was, not only was he watching, I think that we could spend a whole thing on that, that Jesus watches our giving. Somebody goes, oh, preacher. He does. It's simple. He does. I think it's worthy of, of noting the fact that he knows and, uh, and he watched, but when you walked into the temple, there was a certain section there where the offerings were received. Jesus purposely got in front, front row seat where he could watch what the people gave. This is unique because whenever Jesus was teaching or whenever he was performing a miracle, normally everyone else wanted the front row seat. Normally you wanted to be on that front row. I could understand it if there was... Uh, if it was something exciting like a football game, maybe a concert, you know, something along those lines. But this is an offering. Can you imagine? We, we, we get front row seats up here and we set the offering plate up and we have it as the front row seat of the offering. Kind of interesting. I, I go, wait a minute here. I remember years ago we had a, uh, an offering where we did a, did a thing where the chest of Joash, and you would uh, you bring and you you just basically what you're doing is you're saying here's my my offering here's you know making that that commitment or that vow uh, in that offering and I remember it's so funny because we as Americans we don't like that it's really kind of an interesting thing we don't like that I remember it stirred folks up a little bit and I said well wait a minute here that's a biblical principle we're working off of here and by the way I'm not asking you to tell me how much you're giving. I never ask you for that. I, I, that's not what we're looking for. We just want to be sure. And, and part of what we were doing at that time was helping us build our, our, a proper financial fiscal budget at the time. Folks go, oh, no, 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 no. But that also went wrong with our faith promise. Sending our missionaries around the globe. And I remember that was always an interesting thing. One of my favorite stories, I, I remember a lady by the name of Betty. I know my mom remembers her, and I'm, I'm pretty sure my wife remembers Betty as well. And uh, she, uh, uh, her husband had passed away. We were having our missions conference. And uh, Betty's husband had passed away. And uh, our missions conference was going on. And she wanted to make a commitment to the Lord on, on the amount of, of money that she would be able to give. And she said, she said to me, I, I, I remember as clear as day. She goes, can you come over and help clean up my husband's old tools? 
Now, me being uh, the kind of person I am, I like to work with my hands and tools. And she told me, she said, to pay you for your work, I'm going to send some tools with you. I was like, now I'm in my 20s and I'm going to get tools. And I know that this man could do all kinds of neat stuff with his tools. I still have tools of his in my garage. And, uh, and it's really kind of neat. But Betty says, come on in. And I stepped into his garage. And it makes me feel good as I'm thinking about it right now at the dirty mess that my garage is. Because his was much the same. Just full. And I remember going, oh, my lands. Lord, help me. But I remember Betty goes, here's what I want to do. I want to get this thing cleaned up. And then I want to sell it. I want to sell stuff out of here because I want to give it to, to the Lord. Okay. Didn't know too much about it. Betty went on a little bit further and she began to tell. As I worked out there, it took me several days of working in there. And we got I got a bunch of it cleaned out, a bunch of the stuff that just, you know, nuts and bolts needed to go one place and just kind of cleaning, basic cleanup. And it was funny because Betty says that toward the end, she says, um, she goes, how much do you think we can get out of those tools that I want to sell? I said, I don't know. Um, you know, they're selling them used, second hand. I just, I don't know. And uh, she goes, well, uh, here's what I want to do. And she told me about her missions offering that she wanted to give. She said, God put it on my heart to give more than what I have. And I remember thinking, wow. God put it on your heart to give more than you have. Okay? And she goes, and I thought this might be a great way to even that out. I said, well, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. I remember at the end of our missions week, she put it on the card, and she told me later, she said, I put that amount on the card that God told me. I want God gave me a number. I put it on there, and I said, God, by faith, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to give that amount of money. I, I don't know how. Matter of fact, she went so far as to tell me the dollar amount, and I thought it was interesting because when she put that dollar amount down, I went, my goodness, I'm pretty sure the dollar amount she was making a commitment to or saying that she was going to spend, uh, give to the Lord, that was probably close to more than what she was, was had coming in. An unbelievable, I was just, wow. It was interesting because a, a she got going and she started selling some of that stuff. And she told me on the first month, she said, uh, on the first month, she said, I sold enough tools and guess what? I had more than what I needed to, for my for that first month. The second month went by and she did the same thing. She had sold enough tools that she had more than enough. Again, God would continue to provide. And she's giving God the, the praise and she's telling me about it. And, and it's really hard because she's telling me at the same time and all this excitement. And she's going, but you can't tell nobody. You know, you ever have a blessing you just can't tell nobody about? You're going, um, I can't tell nobody. What fun is it to know that blessing when you can't tell anybody? She goes, but you can't tell nobody. So, okay. Well, then a month went by and she didn't say nothing. And I thought, oh, no, Betty had trouble. Betty didn't make, make that dollar amount or that it didn't, didn't happen. A couple months later, she went and I said, I went to her and I said, Betty, I said, Did, do you need help selling some of those tools now? I said, some of them have gone, and, and uh, some of them are, you know, you're, do you need some help uh, doing stuff? She goes, no. Okay. And we let it drop, and I come back around. I said, Betty, 
And then a little bit later, I said, Betty, how you doing with your faith promise? I thought for sure she's going to look at me and say, I am way behind. I was expecting. I didn't think there were enough tools in there. She goes, actually, no. She says, I want you to, she goes, I, I was trying to keep it on the download because it's too exciting. But I do have to tell you. She goes, I had somebody show up one day and looked at all of my husband's tools that were sitting there. And he had a lathe and he had a saw, you know, table saw, and he had some, some, uh, some neat tools, um, real nice tools. And the guy walked in and he said, I'll give you, and he named the dollar amount. And said, here, and gave her the cash. And she, she goes, she goes, then he came and hauled them all off. It was even better. She says, it was the dollar amount that God told me to put on my car. She goes, so I gave God more than what I told him I was going to give because he gave me more. And I never forget that because I remember going, whew, God, I got a little better than she does. I need to give a little more. I need to give a little more. That's probably the more part, the piece of, of conviction that kicked into me because she goes, here she is. She goes, I didn't have it. And here, here it is. Here's God providing the way. God said he would do it, and, and that settled it. We get to the treasury here. Jesus is watching folks come in, and uh, Jesus is, is there. And uh, I think it would be interesting because I think there would be an awful lot of folks that would think it would be awful rude if we were to have that kind of offering in our church today. They'd look at it and say, oh, no, the preacher, he's not allowed to see what it is that we, we have economically or what we do with our monies. And I've always thought that to be a funny thing. I'll be transparent with you for a moment. As a preacher, I've always thought that to be a little bit funny. Because you know what? You trust me with your soul, right? That's where I get to preach the gospel. You trust me with your soul. Isn't that the most important thing in our life? That's the most important thing in our life. And yet so people get really fired up when I talk about their money. Just laugh with me, okay? Just laugh with me. It's okay. And because uh, you go, what? Really? You trust me with the most important thing in opening the word of God. But when it comes to money, oh, no, preacher, I'm not quite sure on that one. Let's talk about that a little different. You know what? I've also learned that in all of my years in the ministry that when God puts it on your heart and you do what God puts on your heart, it's really an amazing thing. It's really kind of amazing to watch what God wants to do and how he does it when he wants to do it. And I go, that is, that's the most exciting part about watching folks, folks uh, uh, give and, and, uh, and participate. So here we are, verse number 41. <clears throat> I better stay there. And uh, they're, uh, that was all side note, by the way, just so you know. Verse 41, the rich man threw in a large amount. They did have to guess uh, that rich people gave a lot. You could see it. You could hear it. Matter of fact, in, in, in fact, it was called sounding the trumpet. Um, I'll take a great illustration. Some of you have no idea who Yoga Berra was, but uh, he was right when he said, you can observe a lot just by watching. But he's right. That statement's true. Jesus was very observant. He's anticipating what people were giving. He knew exactly how much everybody was putting in. He was well aware that the rich people were putting in large sums of money, but were they really given that much? Were they given sacrificially? 
Understand, Jesus is not condemning the rich people for giving a lot of money. He loves a cheerful giver, whether the giver is rich or poor. Jesus is not questioning the motive of these rich people. There are rich people who, who give with a good heart and, and a good motive, but some of the, the greatest charitable work being done in the world today is actually done by rich people. We, we can say, yeah. Uh, the point that, that Mark's making here is that the Lord anticipates what we give. He's marking down what we give. He knows what we give. Or, or as I said, we, we, when we don't. But that's not the real point of the story. That's not the point of what we see here. Jesus calculates. The story would have never made it in the gospel. We would have never known about it had, uh, had it stopped in verse 1 because there was nothing unusual about that. It's what happens next that caught Jesus' attention, made his eyes wide open, made his head turn. The widow that came, she put in the two denarii. She put in such a small amount. You look at it and you go, there it is. She puts in such a, a, a small amount. She's poor. She's a widow. So people would have known that because widows usually were very, wore very distinctive clothing. Number three, she was a woman, which ladies... Um, in some ways, in the culture of that day, they were considered second-class citizens. By the way, if we don't let our senators know, that's going to happen again in our culture. There's some things before our government right now that we need to let our senators know. It's already been through the House, this whole gender act thing that's going on. We need to let our senators know. Say, hey, no, that's not there. We put you in per an office. Don't let that go through. That doesn't belong there has no business in our government. There you go. I gave you another freebie tonight. <laughs> we need to let them know. We need to speak up in that category. It's not biblical. But she makes the front page of Jesus' newspaper. Notice she's watching so closely. Uh, Jesus is watching so classily that he saw something nobody else saw. It's his supernatural vision. You say, it's God. His insight. He sees her put two copper coins. They're called mites. And this is what a mite would look like. You, you do so. I, I have a picture for you. Um, and a mite's not a whole lot. It's just a little piece. It's like a penny. It's the smallest and the least valuable piece of money in the circulation of that day. That's why we'd compare it with a penny. And the average daily wage of a common laborer was... 15 cents and two coins put together were the equivalent of about a hundredth of that amount. In fact, it was less than a tenth of a cent if we got right down to the value. So a tenth of a penny. It'd take ten pennies to equal. Nobody gave her offering, not a second thought. The, but Jesus gave it a second look. Impressed by what she gave, he calls his disciples over to see what the woman had done, and he makes a statement that I believe made the disciples question Jesus' grade school math question. I just, I think it caused trouble. I think it caused trouble. Verse number 43. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, this, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Did you, did you catch that? Not, not that the rich person cast into the treasury. That all they 
who have cast into the treasury. It's not what one person had done. Mr. Gates could have taken all of his wealth and been there that day and dumped all of it into the treasury. And what Jesus is saying is this lady who gave the two mites just gave more than all of those people ahead of him, her. That's impressive. All of a sudden you go, wait a second. She gave all, all of that? Wait, wait a second, Jesus. Now you see why I say that it created question in the, in the math skills of Jesus in the disciples' mind. Because you go, how could that be? How can that be? See, you might look at it and you say, well, the first thing that you learn in math is one plus one equals one. And there's no way that a hundredth of a penny could equal more than what somebody else gave that was much more than that. How, how could that be? The most generous givers do not necessarily or always give the largest gift. It's not how that works. Simply put, generosity is not always measured by what we give. There's a difference between giving the greatest amount and being the most generous giver. There's a huge difference between the two. See, a million dollars may be a dream gift, but a tenth of a penny may make you a dream giver. That's the principle Jesus shows us here. Talk about generosity. You don't get a pass if, you, uh, if you're not rich. You don't get a pass if you don't have nearly as much as the next person. What the poor widow teaches us is that you don't have to be rich to be generous. You don't have to have a lot to give. And you don't have to have a lot to give a lot. <laughs> That's pretty simple. Jesus doesn't measure what people give away. We measure what people give. He, he doesn't look at the portion that people give. Jesus looked at the portion of what, what, what they give. He, he didn't look at how much people put on the table. Jesus looked at how much people left in their pocket. See, we look at, at what's put in. Jesus looks at what's left over. One of these days we're going to find that, that some of the most generous people who ever lived were some of the poorest people we ever knew. I believe that to be very true as well. Jesus is not impressed with the greatness, but with the generosity of what we give. Go back to, the, to that day in the temple. Everybody applauded what the rich people gave. Only one person applauded what the widow gave. I could only imagine what it was like when they saw those, those big givers come through and the big amounts come through. And Woo, look at that. Listen to that. Woo, listen to that. How great a day that was. And you know what? There isn't, <laughs> there's a piece of that that is impressive. But you know what? I, there's only one that was there that saw the get widow that gave all she had. There's only one. And I look at that and I go, wow, one of these days. We're going to find out that generosity. Jesus calculates what we give, not by how much we put on the table or how much we leave in our pocket, uh, not by how much the gift was worth or how much the gift really cost. By that measure, this poor widow, that day, she got an A-plus in generosity. She got an A-plus in generosity. Jesus actually evaluates why do we give. He looks at, at the why. This, this widow becomes the hero of the story. She didn't even know she was writing. Jesus sums up why he was so enamored with the, the woman who, who gave such a big gift. And we see it in verse number 44. It says, for, they, for all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Once again, we're reminded how poor she was. 
After calling her poor, she is now described as being a person of poverty and too completely. Uh, Greek words are used for poor and poverty. They're, they're completely different. The first word translated as poor describes someone who is, is destitute, a beggar. Like those that we'd see throughout the scriptures where we'd hear the scripture talk about a beggar. And that's the word used for her, the first one. She may have been homeless. Today we, we may, may have been totally dependent on public assistance. Maybe uh, the second word for poverty that's used there also, basically it means having nothing. So careful reading says that she really gave more than just money. She had nothing and she gave something. Jesus said she put in everything, all she had to live on. What it literally says is she gave all of her bios, which is, which uh, gives us the word biology. It means life. Literally, it says that she, she gave all of her life. You see, this lady was not given her money. She was giving herself. She's giving herself, and she's not just giving all that she had. She's giving all that she was. The reason why this woman could give all of her money to God was because she had already given all of her life to him. See, when we give our life to him, you realize he says, I'll take care of you. The easy part for this woman was giving all of her money. It wasn't hard because she had given all of her heart to Almighty God. What really impressed Jesus was not, the, not what she gave, but why she gave it. It wasn't the amount that impresses Jesus, but it was the, the attitude that impressed Jesus. I want to give. See, keep in mind, she was not going to get a tax deduction. She didn't give it out of show. Everybody wasn't going to applaud her. Not only did she, she not know that anyone was looking, but she probably was a little embarrassed and may have been trying to slip it in so nobody saw her. I'm for sure she didn't do it flippantly, throw it out there. No, for the moment, she probably carefully thought this through. She didn't say it out loud, but she's making a clear statement to God. Actions speak louder than words, and her actions speak forever in the word of God for you and I. Because this woman gave everything she had. She's saying three things. God, I look to you to provide my needs. I look to you to provide my needs. God, I love you more than I love money. And God, I live for you, and I live for you alone. Let's sing, God, it's yours. See, we have to ask those questions of ourselves as well. God, how do I... Participate. Are we practicing generosity? You see, the IRS doesn't care what we give. They don't. I mean, yeah, there's a number that goes with our numbers as you go through there, but they don't care. They just want their money. The mortgage company doesn't care what we give. They just want their money. That's pretty simple credit card company well you know they don't care about nothing <laughs> hmm God cares why we give because he doesn't want our money he wants our heart he wants the heart 
an even bigger question is, <clears throat> to frankly, a, a bigger group of, of people is, is to those who, who don't give, to ask that question, why don't we give? Why don't we give? Somebody says, well, I can't afford to. If we can afford to, we just don't want to lower our standard of living. We're saying, well, I can't trust God to take care of me. See, we could go through, and I, I again, take you back to Betty <coughs> and why we opened with Betty. Because Betty <coughs> made a promise on an amount that she said, by God's grace, he's going to give that to me. I can't, I can't do that on my own. And to see God provide, what was really neat was the next year. Our church was known for folks, well, I wouldn't say we were really known for folks giving testimony out loud a lot, but it happened on our Wednesday night service quite a bit folks to give testimony and I remember we come into into uh, um, faith promise the next year and uh, our preacher was looking for folks who had a testimony to give about their faith promise giving and he had asked us the staff guys do you know anybody that said anything to you that might make a good testimony for 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 that giving <laughs> you know who came to mind didn't take not a second I didn't come to mind before I tell the preacher remember I still keep it on the hush before I tell the preacher I gotta keep it I'm I gotta keep it on the hush and the preacher knew that I was over there working and he knew that there were certain pieces that I I had already told him I said preacher I, I said this is this is she's asked me she's made a promise and I, I need to honor that promise I felt like the book of Samuel when you read when Hannah came to the to the temple. You're drunk, lady. Are you crazy? I was praying to God. I remember I went to Brother Gwen and I said, Brother Gwen, I, actually I went to Betty and I said, Betty, the preacher asked us this afternoon, does anybody, do you know of a, a testimony? <clears throat> and I said, I immediately thought of you. I said, if I, I can share your story, leave your name out, if you don't mind. She goes, oh, no, 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 don't you dare. Don't you dare. And if you know Betty, she's a talker. And uh, you know Betty, she's a talker. And Betty says, no, 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 I want to tell my story. Yes, ma'am. I said, can I tell the preacher now? She goes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's one of those testimonies that I don't, I've never forgotten because here's the best part. She told God, God, I'll give, here's the dollar amount. And God told her that dollar amount. And before half of the year was up, remember, she'd already given that. And she shared that with me. You know what was even better is when she stood up in the missions conference. Brother Gwen had asked her to stand up. And she stood up and she says, as you're praying this week about what God will do in your life, know that what he's done in my life he can do in yours and I made a promise that was more than I could give he gave me a number and I gave it in six months and then I kept giving 
and she says, and today, she said, and she looked over, and, and uh, Miss Ada our, was our uh, uh, secretary, our, our uh, treasurer, and she looked over, and Miss Ada can testify, I've given more than twice that number this year. More than twice, because God just kept blessing every time. She goes, I would give, and he'd give again. And I'd give, and he'd give again. She goes, it went on all year long. She goes, I sold all my husband's tools. I didn't want them anyways. I just wanted them out of the house. I sold all of his tools. I gave that money, and God gave me more. She goes, who would have thought? Who would have thought? But here it is. I went, wow. If you looked at Betty, you looked at Betty, and she lived on her Social Security. She lived in a trailer. Just a little place. Not not an extravagant life at all. But you know what? She loved to give. And I remember that because she loved it. She loved it so much that she just wanted to, just wanted to be a blessing. And then it carried over in so many other areas of her life. You know, I believe that's true in you and I. That when we're givers, it carries over. There was more to this lady than we know. We see just, she pops into scripture, she's there for a few verses and she's gone. But what do we know? We know that she gave all she had. She didn't give with a, here, it needs to come back to me. No, here, God, it's all yours. And my life's It really is the essence of what Corinthians, when Paul wrote Corinthians, when he said, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. And so, therefore, glorify God. It's all his. It's all his. Sometimes I want my little piece, or I want my time, or I want, I want. Aren't we guilty? (laughs) No. I was bought with a price at Calvary when he hung upon that tree. And he shed that blood for you and for me. And that blood poured forth. you I can be thankful for that and I might need to sit here and scratch my head for a minute and go I could probably be a little more generous I could probably be a little more generous my wife goes definitely I could probably be a little more generous Lord, we're thankful for the cross. Lord, as we we come to to this woman, the scripture doesn't give her a name. We just know she's a widow. Jesus didn't give us her name. She's homeless. A widow. And yet she made the pages of scripture as one who gave more than the wealthiest of the dead. more than the Pharisees and Sadducees 
more than the wealthy, more than the common. She gave the most because she gave of herself. Lord, I ask that you'd help each one of us to give of ourselves. That unselfish giving, that generosity to build into somebody else's life. Yes, there are days where we'll say, that doesn't make sense. But Lord, help us to give anyway. Because you place it in our heart. Because of who you are and what you did for us. Father, we thank you. We give you honor and praise today. In Jesus' name we pray.